Hey, sis, welcome back to Black Girl SOS. It's your girl, Snubby. And as always, I bring you the best of the best. My dear, introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. My name is Amanda Bernadine, and I am a proud, proud, proud friend of your host. And thank you so much for having me. <laughs> thank you for coming on. Yo, doesn't Amanda have the best voice? It's the best. <laughs> it Aww. is the most soothing sound on earth, yo. <laughs> she put herself t- nice together today. I said, wow, I have something to do. <laughs> you are serving us look and we are here for it as always. Yes. <laughs> so tell the people what you do for a living. I am a licensed a social worker and master's level social worker. And I am a community school director at a middle school in Crown Heights, which is my stomping ground. Um, I've been at this position for six years. Prior to that, I was a consultant as a mental health professional at one of the small schools at Erasmus High School. I was there for about 13 years. And um, yeah, I worked a lot in schools, uh, just trying to support our babies to being amazing citizens and um living up to their potential i love it i love it i had an episode um a while ago with um some of my other social work friends one who works in in a hospital um and and one who works with youth but um outside of schools so i really wanted to get your perspective so that we could like talk about how very important it is to have black women social workers in the schools. I used to be an educator, used to be of the system. <laughs> and so, first of all, you know, God bless everybody in the education system. Not, not a single one of us has ever gotten paid for the amount of work we gotta do. Not, <laughs> not a single not, one. Not nowhere close. So, so I applaud y'all daily we're fighting a good fight. Everybody knows I tapped out of the good fight. <laughs> I tapped out of the good fight for some money. Now I always wanted to be a lawyer. So, <laughs> uh, you know, look, I what get I, it. What I, what I was meant to do, what I had a line for me. But um, since you've been, you know, in this position a, a very long time, what has been your experience as identifying why it's so important for Black women? to occupy these spaces in our schools with our with our kids? Um, I'm going to double down on your statement of our kids mm-hmm. because the community school grant started about 2014 uh, when de Blasio came into office and schools weren't thriving. So instead of closing them like his predecessor did, yeah. we decided let me give them this money mm-hmm. and see what they can do with it. Uh, at the time, um, principals felt like they were on the chopping block. So the acceptance of this situation, depending on the principal, could have been super thankful or very standoffish. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of these schools are in Black and Brown communities. Most of the families are from Black and Brown homes. And... Um, it kind of reminded me of what school was like when we were kids. Um, School was where you found information about everything. Yes. Not just about your child's education, about Mm -hmm. adult education, about jobs, about resources. Absolutely. Um, Name it. 
somebody at your kid's school knew what was up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's basically what my role is. Um, I'm not going to lie. My role is the job of 10 people. Mm. Um, so sometimes I don't know how I'm still doing this work. <laughs> so I'm grateful that you are though. We are grateful. Okay. Um, <laughs> I basically try to bring in as many resources, uh, subcontractors, um, outside agencies, local businesses into the school so that attendance is increased. Um, Academics are um, more well-rounded and culturally competent. So that um, test scores and graduation rates, Um, not family engagement. The new word is family empowerment. I I love that. I can engage you all day, but if I'm not giving you the tools for you to maximize your family situation, I'm a waste of space and a waste of time. Um, My mom, who is forever a diehard pioneer in our district, District 17, in regards to education, she'd be the first one to say, as a taxpayer, (laughs) I don't need a challenge. I'm going to walk up in here if I feel too. So I bring in her energy of, yes, come in. And what do you need? And yes. I will try to bring that here for your child. Um, extended learning time. School doesn't stop at 220, 230, 330. No, we're That's going right. on until six o'clock. We're differentiating learning. So what you're learning in ELA can, you know, be flowed into the book club, can be flowed into other things. Um Bringing it back to what it used to be. Our schools used to be so inclusive. And Mm -hmm. then I want to say around the mid-90s, early 2000s, it was like, stay home unless your Mm -hmm. child be wilding out. We don't need you. Don't call us. We'll call you. Right. And that wasn't working. So my job basically was trying to reintroduce schools to parents like no 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 we want you here no we want your opinion no no seriously yeah we want you to be a part of the process and my budget covers food my budget covers incentives my budget covers um however i can help a family my client is not the child my client is the school community and okay. it brings me joy as a woman of color to be there because I'm a product of that district. That particular school was the school that um, in the summertime, me and May will go there for um, dance camp in the summer. So nice. I know that building. Yeah. Um, unlike other schools, the majority of the staff I work with, I do connect with culturally Um, Most of them are from the Caribbean. Most of our kids are from the Caribbean. Um, In comparison to Erasmus, where there were more um, Caucasian teachers, there were more teachers from other states than um, my current school. But um, that doesn't necessarily make it easy. Right. Um, But I feel like it's important because it's one thing to tell a child I know where you're coming from. I've been there. Yeah. It's another thing to say, nah, I know St. John's and Troy. Right. You don't want to parts of that. I know <laughs> Albany Projects. Right. You don't want to parts of that either. And it's like, 
Oh, and then I even go as far as to, as to start naming buildings or start naming yeah. people I used to know. And they're just like, yo, Miss B, you know. And I'm like, I know. Right. It's very different when you can share the experience with them. It's so different. And, and also with our parents, um, especially now with the pandemic, you know, Crown Heights is one of the most uh, rapidly gentrified communities in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And um I got parents working three jobs trying to stay in a subpar apartment. That's a damn shame. You know, and um that's a damn shame. It is. And um we are trying everything in our power to, you know, support our families and support our children and to lift them up and to celebrate them. Last year sucked that we could not culminate Right. Um, our children's achievements and we really underestimate the importance of culminating ceremonies these rites of passages that I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you right now we do not underestimate that shit I grew up in the house of Sharon everything is a fucking production we celebrate yes, every you week. know <laughs> get into is it a production you know and we did it, our it, best it is, it is to you know loss. 2020 figure was a out big how lie. to make it fancy like my nephew graduated from the school I worked at uh, last year and we did up the backyard trying to you know yeah. give him love or whatever my sister's kids from the school I used to work at so the year I left she started there so oh, nice. they, kept, they kept the Bernadine in the right, I was about to say they had a Bernadine there regardless <laughs> okay so we like did up our backyard for like her graduates and stuff but this year like my my closing hope is to create dope memories in the midst it. of some shenanigans. I mean, it's a lot of shenanigans afoot. It's a lot. <laughs> oh, I forgot to tell the good people how I know your beautiful self. Um, you mentioned May, and that's what made me realize that I forgot to tell everybody how I know you. So I know Amanda. Me and Amanda actually went to school in Buffalo at the same time. She went to Buff Absolutely. State, I went to UB. We see each other in passing, but we didn't really know each other until we came home. And her best friend is now one of my dearest friends. And now we're stuck at the hip. You know, I I, I love my Amanda. <laughs> she is the most, literally, when I think of a Black luxurious woman, she is like top three. Okay. <laughs> and I love it. I, I tease you her about flatter it. Me. But it's out of love and admiration because I absolutely adore it. Okay. If you're looking to get your luxury life, Amanda's the girl, okay? Amanda will get you together. You might think you live in Lux and then you meet Amanda. You'd be like, nah, I really ain't did shit, did I? No, <laughs> we, we, we get you together. We get you all the we way together. together. <laughs> um, but actually, I didn't go to UB. I just was no, like, you, you went to all state. the time. No, went I was gaming. Right? Oh, I thought you went to state. I was at state because my cousin went there. My cousin followed me. That's um, yo, all this time I thought you went to Buff State. No. <laughs> I, was, I would be at I would be at Buff State like every other weekend to hang I out. I used with to be her. at Buff State all the time. That's where I saw you at. Yeah. Like if there was an event. Yeah, if I was an event, I'd be out there. <laughs> I had a lot of friends in North Campus. Like people would be like, so what you, you go here and I'm like, nah, I, I, I just knew you didn't go to UB. Amherst. No, I knew you didn't go to UB. That's my school. I I I know who's registered. I got the Bursar's <laughs> office on lock. I knew who was registered okay. at college. Because I used to air a lot of people out who used to be like, Oh, I go to UB. Bitch, you go to ECC. Knock it the fuck off. You're not even at a four year. Calm that shit down. <laughs> 
run that shit the fuck back. But I always thought you went to Buff State because that's where I always saw you. But again, that's why people thought I went to Buff State because I was always at that bitch. Also, okay. It's because okay. Buff State was like, fuck. Listen, my Buff State people, I know y'all about to be offended. And I don't give a fuck because I say it to y'all face all the time. Buff State was the project, bro. Like, you go there to hang out, have a good time. Motherfuckers is throwing shit out the window. We breaking in the building, stealing shit. It was the hood. It's where you go for a good time. It needs to be said. But then I need to take my posh ass back to Amherst at the <laughs> University at Buffalo. <laughs> I just loved watching us be us because the school I went to I got there in 96 um maybe 12 black people yeah Damon was a little light on the black a little light very very it wasn't <laughs> until like my tail end that I was like okay yeah. I did my job I, I feel like even Kanisha's had more black people than Damon they did <laughs> Facts, they did. Shout out Kanishas. Y'all have yeah. Shout out they to did. the whole Rev Buff conglomerate. I, I love us all. UB, Buff State, Damien, Kanishas, Duyuville. Yes, even Duyuville. Even Duyuville. I'm like, y'all get a little shout out. <laughs> ECC, know? I'm not shouting you niggas out. I'm sorry. <laughs> everybody done took a class there, here and there. You I'm, know. Not fucking, I'm not fucking with y'all. <laughs> Um, but to get back to get back to what you do in your amazing job, um, now hearing what you do in this new role, it's very akin to what I did in my last role in education before I got sworn into the bar. And um, my my greatest challenge was the family. Um, I too was in a role that my my sole focus was um, getting getting my kids. Um, into school and getting getting their families um, on board as part of the support to get them over the hurdle. Because a lot of my kids had been left back. I had a kid who was about to age out. That's how many times he had been left back. Um, and I just had a lot of kids that weren't doing very well. We had, I think we had three schools in my building and um, I had students from two of them and one one school, I just it was easy breezy, just just I I everything was easy. The kids were easy. They they were on top of their schoolwork. They were invested. Their parents were invested. And then and then there was the main school. And I mean, every challenge you could think of, I just I kept encountering it. Um, I had a budget for food. I had a budget to do all the extra things. Um, I, I paid, I had a budget to pay for um, like their SAT prep. I bought in Kaplan um, for parent teacher night. I would like buy dinner so that, you know, if you got to bring your kids, you're coming straight from work, it's late, that there's food here. I set up a play area. You got extra, you know, you got other kids, you can't leave home, it's fine. They have a place that's safe. When I tell you I couldn't get my parents to come at all, I had parents that were in walking distance asking me to give them Metro cards. You live across the street, sis. <laughs> knock it the fuck off. I knock on your fucking door. Stop playing with me all the fucking time. Okay, <laughs> play with your mama. Don't play with me. And that shit was just like, it was disheartening as fuck. Like I, it was obvious why the kids were struggling, right? You, I can't be 
like the, the kid can't feel like you're not invested, right? It was to the point where the kids were more concerned with what I thought of their grades than their parents, which says to me that your parent is not invested. Because for me in school, I was shook the fuck to go home with anything less than 80 to talk to Sharon. No, no, I'm not talking to Sharon about nothing. Sis, I need extra credit <laughs> today. I'm not going home. But it was the exact opposite. And that shit was such a challenge. And it was fucking exhausting and overwhelming. It, what, what's it, like- it, started, it started that way for me as well. Um, the thing is, I knew that it wasn't me. It wasn't what I was presenting. I was basically trying to make a cultural shift that has lasted for decades. Yes. I'm coming into a situation where yet again, I'm asking people to trust me when they've been asked several times to trust the situation Mm -hmm. and um, either the funding would change, um, whoever's in office would change, their perspective would change. And then those people felt like they were left behind. So Mm. I knew, I knew I was courting. I wasn't right. just trying to hit. I was courting. So I knew it was going to take some flowers. It was going to take some candy. It was going to take some coaxing. They so had to hear my voice. I was doing robocalls. It was to the point like, who's this woman on my phone? And I got their kids. Mm-hmm. I got the teachers to create like extra credit for mm-hmm. the kids that bought their parents. In the classes that I knew they were failing, I'm like, yo, I don't care if it's three points on a quiz. Right. Bring your people. And I would honestly ask them, what would bring you here more? And if I can implement it, I will. Um, One of the things I will take away from this experience and feel like I did that. Mm -hmm. Um, we were coming up on, you know, Mother's Day, Father's Day. We always do things for mothers. And my principal was like, well, we should do something for Father's Day. So, of course, all the regular stuff came out. And I'm just like, men don't want to do that. Because they thought they do luxury and then they met Amanda Bernadette. And men don't want to do that. (laughs) And it just so happens I had a nicer little bit of money in certain parts of my budget. Mm -hmm. So, spoke to my supervisor and I was like, Let's do a paint. Let's do a paint and sip, but like non-alcoholic sip. And I have money in printing, so I print these really official tissue invitations with RSVP cards. And the kids had to bring their dad or a dad figure or their big brother or whomever. Yeah. And they were coming through with these cards. They were like, "I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming." Administration was just kind of like, "I'm oh, Miss Bernadine, it's your thing." Yeah. So myself and um, Sean Winter, he was the director for Sports and Arts at the time. We were like, all right, bet. You get all the supplies. I'm going to get the food and the uh, uh, instructor. We're going to set up the cafeteria. It's going to be lit. Even if I got 10 men, right. I'd have been That's happy. excellent, right? For real. We had gift bags. We had metro cards, all kinds of situations. We had about 60 men that is awesome yo do you know what i would have like i had to go on a whole way and bust a tear like oh gosh no that is so dope and they had such fun and my my principal ran downstairs and was like 
I've never seen so many men here right? in my 10, 15 years being oh in this building. And I'm like, we can't keep doing the same old thing. Correct. Correct. We need to do something that is interactive. They can bond. They're mm-hmm. doing it together with their child. Yeah. Uh, the facilitator, he was he's a father of three. And he was like, he works for the DOE. This was his side hustle. Great artist. And he yeah. was like, nah, I would love to do this. And that's awesome. We had a great time. And I'm like, yo, even if this flop next year, like, and the you got the win. Put up, that, that's they a beautiful man. They were like, thank you. Like, this was fun. So this was, yeah. this has been like an ongoing event at my school and it was literally like, oh, whim. it was like, eh, that is a, let's see that what happens. <laughs> that, yeah. That, I was, that is a, that's beautiful. I, I love that. We, I mean, I agree. There, there is a lot to be said for trying to shift the culture. And I think in my situation, because I knew I was on borrowed time, yeah. right? I, that was a job, one, that I went, I didn't want at all, right? I, I had this job before I went to grad school. This was a job I did fresh out of Buffalo, out of undergrad. Um, okay. And at this point, I was just waiting to take the bar exam again. And the person who used to be the director and was working in, in the spot, she had stolen money. Um, and so she'd been fired for embezzling. And this program is funded by DYCD. So it's a municipal budget. And you okay. know, shit hit, the, shit hit the fan. And they don't play with their coin. Correct. So shit hit the fan. And so um, the people in leadership, they, you know, because I had worked this program before, I'd, I'd run a similar program for them before. Um, and they knew I was back in town waiting to take the bar. They were like, can you just come and take over this program, finish out the year for us? We know we can trust you. We know that you're going to get like at least some of these kids over the threshold. Um, mm-hmm. which grateful I was able to do, but I knew I was working on borrowed time. I knew I didn't have time to court them, um, which I think is a really good point you brought up. People do start to feel like, yo, every time I trust y'all, y'all fuck me over. Exactly. And you, and, and my And that child. trickles down to the kids. Absolutely. Because a lot of our, a good amount of our parents are from the neighborhood, went to yes. school in the neighborhood. Have you know this particular campus has um two charter schools, one on the second floor, one on the fourth floor. We are the only DOE school, and our superintendent is in our building. Wow. So I I know that they felt like, you know, is this real? Is this good? Is this mm-hmm. just, you know, another pipe dream? And I won't lie, I would say like my first four years was like am I even gaining any traction? And in our profession, when they started talking about data and I'm not a math person, my math brain never woke up. (laughs) Data is not my thing. It would literally get me down. But this job made me understand how data can drive how you're spending funds, Mm -hmm. how you're allocating funds, and also back up what you're doing. Yes. Um, My particular school was a thriving school. The school that got the grant was one of the smaller schools that were closing. So Mm -hmm. my principal consolidated. 
And, you know, her school was, she was like, my school is fine. I don't need a little program. <laughs> and then once they consolidated, those numbers started to look a little funny. Yeah, th- like, listen, those numbers will look real shaky in the light, baby. Real shaky like, in the light. Uh, I don't know. And I want to say by like year four, I was able to like put together this very complicated but cute like graph. And I was just like, where we started, where we're at. Right. <laughs> where it started how it's going <laughs> okay okay we're good we're up here right. even now during the pandemic in our district um we're still at 92 oh. what with children at home in bed 92 and that comes from calling incessantly every day yeah. hey hi it's me um you all right you had breakfast you woke up is it your device? It you, really is a, a, a. You want to switch that out? People who've never worked in the education system really don't have a grasp on the amount of extra fucking work that it that goes into being successful. Absolutely. In in, in education, because Absolutely. being successful in education is completely solely based on how your kids succeed and thrive. In my opinion, Absolutely. if my kids are fucking failing then I'm fucking failing because that's my job to make sure that they don't fucking fail. So if that means that I got to be here early in the morning to help somebody, I got to be here after school to help somebody. I got to design these extra packets to give them extra work, like all this extra shit that does not get accounted for. And, and my God, for teachers that are like trying to get tenure, that got asshole principals, I send y'all extra love because I've seen it with my own two eyes. Baby, I almost laid hands on the last principal I was with. Listen, this almost caught the pause. And and that's another great thing that you brought up that you had your teachers buy in. Like your teachers were all in, like, okay, yeah, we will come up with some extra credit at whatever. Like they were trying to work with you. That is one thing that I lacked completely. I did not. Oh, but don't get it twisted. That was courting too. That was bribery too. But I but I didn't have any of it. I, I I had complete resentment. I had complete resentment. I had the, the, I have some the, colleagues the, the lead, that the lead so teacher, the, the lead teacher, you know, little think she headed the head of the, the little click teacher, older black woman. I don't like them. I don't like that shit at all. And you know I how I like about black women sabotaging other black women. That shit is a fucking trigger. I she was she was an older black woman. She took issue with me from the day she met me. She had a whole entire issue with me. I mean, I barely had said hello before she had an issue with me. And she, what she learned very quickly <laughs> is, is how much you, you don't don't talk to me any kind of fucking way. I give a fuck how you talk to Miss Amy and Miss Patricia. You will talk to Miss Lessington, bitch, use my last name the right fucking way. Or I'll set this fucking shit off. And she learned that shit real fucking fast. She came to my office like, you know, I don't appreciate, um, you know, you going over the kids' assignments that I give them. I said, why? I'm here to give them additional help. Do you want them to keep giving you bad work or do you want them to give you better work? If you're giving them failing grades, it's because the work isn't good. If I'm here to be additional support, bitch, I'm supporting you. What is, where is the fucking breakdown? But you see, you said it right there. I'm supporting you. As much as some people say they want support, they want resources, they, they want don't. This, they want that. 
they don't and what they also don't want is to hear about this other person this other entity this other situation this other cool breeze coming into this hot musty environment bringing a little bit of joy and laughter and and you know just just this all this amazingness and they're big men big mad and then and you come to their door and they're like what do you want Yes, Actually, big chest. Big chest. I big was like, you're just like, I'm not here. I'm, I'm not here for this kind of energy, darling. I'm really not. We are in this together, and if you choose not to see that, that's okay. Just know that um, I'm still going to be here for my purpose. Correct. Um, I don't know how long you're going to last because the difference between me. And other CSDs is, I live here. Right. I could run up in your CEC meeting. I live right. Here right. I'm right. I'm right on the block. I'm right on the block. My nephew went to school there. I'm on his blue card. I'm a parent. Next. Next. So how do you want to do this? Do you right. want to do this as two colleagues? Do you want to do this as parent to teacher? Do you want to do this as community advocate to DOE staff? How however right. you want to play. We can, we can do, do this, this however all you choose. Day. <laughs> all day. Yeah. That, but that, I'm and that's, and that's why that's why I love that you're in the role that you're in because that was one of the issues I dealt with. Um our principal was a white woman from Connecticut. None of our teachers were from the neighborhood. Okay. I technically wasn't from the neighborhood. I was from four train stops away, but the hood is the hood, bitch. I'm four train stops away. I'm not, I'm not from the Upper East Side. I'm just from four train stops going further into the Bronx. Y'all niggas is closer to Manhattan than I am, actually. So, okay. you know what I'm saying? Um, and when I got there, it's, obviously, it's very easy for me to relate to kids. I have a very jovial personality. You know that because you know me yeah. personally. Um, but you know how we are. You know how we talk to kids and you know how we dress. Kids take to us very very easy if it ain't sneakers or you know sports or something they take to us very easy and the kids took to me immediately because you don't judge immediately i don't but also because i was calling them out on their shit i wasn't i'm okay. not i'm not playing the game with you we from the same fucking block and if you talk to me crazy i'm gonna have my cousin get on the fucking train for stops and knock your fucking teeth in i'm not finna play with you or your mama now we're gonna okay. keep it cute or we're gonna put it on mute and because of that they all respected me. Everybody took to me immediately. And it was very clear that that rubbed the principal the wrong way. And it rubbed, I think I'm the head bitch teacher in charge the wrong way. And I was like, here's where y'all are dropping the ball. One, Miss Ma'am, white lady from uh, Connecticut. And this is not a, a slap at white educators in general, because I know phenomenal white educators. I had some phenomenal white educators in my primary education. But this bitch in particular. She didn't give a fuck about these kids. She didn't get dressed when she came to work. She would wear see-through leggings and short shirts. Yo, the amount of times, the amount of times that I had to be scooping the boys up out the hallway, like, exactly. The amount of times I had to be scooping the boy up out the hallway because he's staring at her ass. Ma'am, ma'am, you, you let me know what you think of our kids when you come to work dressed like that. You're the fucking principal. You set the fucking tone. So you can't tell these little girls, oh, well, you're not meeting dress code, bitch. You don't meet dress code. The fuck are you talking about? 
And it was shit like that that I would be calling out all the fucking time. Like that shit is not acceptable and it's not okay. That's why I'm really, really glad that your school has someone like you in that position because very often we just have too many people with authority that don't give a fuck. I totally agree with you. And um, as for white educators, I want to shout out my previous principal, Marie Prendergrass. This woman, um, during a meeting with a parent and, and her, her child, who was in, I think, in the 11th grade at the time, parents was upset. There was a lot. Of, it, was, it was really hot in the conference room. Mm-hmm. And she pulled me to the side and she was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Good cop, bad cop. You're the good cop, advocate for the kid. I'm going to be an asshole. We're on the same team. At the end of the day, the teacher was wrong. But yeah. you know you know what it is. And I was like, all right. Great. <laughs> thing. When in a room, we got a plan. <laughs> we got a plan. I did what I needed to do. She did what she needed to do. And I remember asking her, like, what made you feel comfortable in even sharing with me that though you have to kind of uh, find yourself through the murkiness of bureaucracy, you really wanted this young person to be advocated for. And what made you feel like I could do that? And she was like, Amanda, I can't do what you do. I don't have the personality and the inner workings to connect like you do. And I'm not a black woman. Come on, man. I am fully aware of that in my place and space as a school leader of black and brown children. And even though sometimes I can kind of be a little, you know, because she was a very reactive woman, you know, sometimes I used to be like, hey, now. Real that shit is. (laughs) Okay. Like sometimes like I would be like, you, bathroom, we need to talk. She'll be like, all right, I got it. But like. Like I fucks with her because yeah. when I started working at her school, I was like 23 years old. I wasn't that far from the kid's age. Uh, a couple of times I couldn't get to work on time because they wanted me to go through skin. And I was like, what part of I'm an adult you don't get? <laughs> and um, she respected the work that, that, that I did. And um, to this day, you know, she really has tried her best to be cognizant of her limitations, but then give that leverage to her staff of color yes, to do that. that. And the amount of alumni from that school that now are now teachers there. That says a I'm lot. I'm good. I can retire. That says a lot. That's a compliment. That is such a, yeah. that, that's the greatest compliment. That I'm going to come work. I'm going to go be a science teacher at my high school. That's come a compliment. On. Yeah, because I definitely, I'm not going back to Bertram to teach shit. I'm not going to hold y'all. I love y'all, Bertram. Y'all my heart. You know what I'm saying? But TT ain't coming back, baby. It's <laughs> if I come back, it's just to buy a, a building to put my name on that shit. That's okay. Put <laughs> a little bench out front. That's it. <laughs> Might give y'all another gym or some shit. You know what I'm saying? Throw my last name in that motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> that's the extent of, of what I have to offer. Um, so I would be remiss to not talk about Sanaya because we both went to school in Buffalo. Granted, I now yes, know you did, I now know you did not go to Buff State. <laughs> but know the areas, know the places. 
But we Which both went why to school. This is so we have a shared lived experience because we went to school in Buff at the same exact time. Mm-hmm. We, we are very aware, more aware than most, on how very white Buffalo is, how very racist Buffalo is, and how small the Black collegiate community is in Buffalo. Absolutely. And I, I say all that for those of you who are listening and are watching because you need to understand Sanaya going missing really doesn't sit well with a lot of Buffalo alum. Like I've spoken to a lot of us that have graduated out of Buff and it don't sit well with none of us because no one can reconcile how a black girl who is in engineering um, is an RA um, or they said she was an RA um, how she could occupy these kind of social spaces as a black collegiate in Buffalo and go missing. Cause that shit just doesn't happen with us. It just doesn't fucking happen. Somebody is, first of all, everyone's in your fucking business. Like <laughs> we are the nosiest sect of people <laughs> and everybody's in everybody's business. And I mean, it is nearly impossible for you to just be gone and nobody to know nothing. It 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 <laughs> like the shit baffles the mind. It baffles, it baffles me because um, this this young this this you know slight petite young lady leaves her campus in the middle of the night, and allegedly the only people she's had conversations with are two people in New York City. Nobody from her campus. Like nobody from the local area. She took two buses. It's, that's a lot. For, and and mind you, this girl is from the Bronx. You gotta make the math, math about Bronx women. This is this chick is from the Bronx. Y'all gotta tell me something good. You because you can't convince me that she's walking around with this air of naivete now that she's in college, thinking that she doesn't have to be on her p's and q's, that she's in a safe environment. That's just not how we fucking function. And the fact that she's a, and, and, that, and again, I'm like, wait a minute, she's a sophomore. She's not a freshman. She's right. been through freshman so she's organization. Been she's been, been there for a minute. She survived the whole year there. She knows the landscape. She knows the lay of the land. Right. Nobody was like hitting her up like, hey, sis, haven't seen them in. Are you good? Like, hey, I saw you um, leaving campus. Are you good? Like, it just... It, it doesn't make any sense to me. When when I I did, um, I was already in the summertime when mm-hmm. freshmen would come in in July. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, first thing I need you all to do, we are going to go to the main uh, bus stop, train station on Main Street, and I need you to take every bus map there is. I know in the city we don't do bus maps. We just right. wait for the bus to come, <laughs> or we just get on the train. But it don't but work like that. Home. We're not in Kansas anymore. The, N- the NFTA don't work like the MTA. <laughs> it does not. I do not want you to call me talking about you're stuck at the movie theater downtown Buffalo, and I'm gonna be like, "That's nice. How you gonna get home?" Because that metro stops running at at eleven fifty eight. That last metro pulls out, and that's all she wrote for the fucking okay, night. Because that happened to me, my freshman year, and I only had it to do one. <laughs> You know, that was that one time and you was like, I'm not going to catch me slipping again. Everyone's been a victim. You know, you, you know, my kids, they had, um, they had buddies. I was like, I know you don't know shorty, but y'all exchange numbers, something pop off, call her, she gonna call me. Like, 
And that's what I'm saying. Every, we're going to get you acclimated so, to this new place. Like, how is it that it, so it, I don't make any sense? I, it, it, we, so I had the same exact experience when I got to bump. I came in in the summer. Um, I came in for EOP summer. I ended up not staying because I got sick. So I left the first weekend. But my roommate, who I still love and adore, shout out to Cyrus, Um, you know, it was like, yo, make sure y'all know how to reach each other and make sure y'all know where each other's at. I came in with show. Um, so, you know, me and show, sis, you don't go nowhere, bitch, okay? If you got to pee, send a text. Let me fucking know where you at. So we came in and we had that same energy. Um, when we met the older kids who were in BSU um, and they basically were, you know, our big bros, big sis, our mentors, they were on the same shit. Make sure y'all look out for each other. Make sure y'all watch out for each other. Like that, that was is the code. indoctrinated into the black collegiates and buff. That was the code. If I saw somebody... <laughs> On somebody else's campus. No, I'm not your mom or nothing. But are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay getting back to our side of town? Right. Are you good? There's been times that we would be downtown, somebody party, and I see some kids from my campus, and I'm like, y'all taking the bus back? Because the bus about to leave. And you need to move that ass. If you need to move. Or um, you got cab money. Because you know, them race is going to go up. An extra race couple going of up. dollars in that meter. Don't trust that meter, sis. That surge is real. The surge. And we're in the suburbs. We're, we're through all this. So yeah. please let me know if you're okay. Um, if I would be at Buff State, you know, hanging out with my cousin and I see somebody and I'll just kind of give them that look like, I know you don't want me to see you, but I see you. You all right? Right. And if you're not, let me know. But if you're good, you're good. So, you know, anytime you see me, I know I could talk to right. sis. Like, and it has been a tradition for us because we've been pulled over by police. We've been... Uh, people are really just learning about Erie County and how very racist it is. We know because we have the lived experience. Absolutely. People really had no idea. I feel like up until like very recently when uh, the, the woman who was a B, BPD police officer who had been fired um, falsely um, that they just restored her name and her pension um, up until like that really became public knowledge, which really just came about because of all the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. People really had no fucking idea the kind of shit we dealt with in Buff. Like that shit, I always called it the Mason Dixon above the Mason Dixon because yes. that shit is the deep South. They racist as hell. They pulling us over for nothing. I got pulled over in front of my own fucking apartment complex when I lived in Amherst. This motherfucker read my license that had the address on it that we were directly in front of and asked me, what am I doing here? I said, well, I'm going to guess by the address going home. Like, so this is why it fucking baffles me that just nobody knows nothing. Nah, y'all can't, they can't sell me on that. And I just found it so very irresponsible. I found it so callous for the DA to make that announcement of death by suicide when there's been no body found. And what I learned today, literally maybe 20 minutes before we got on, is that the family 
didn't know the DA was going to make that announcement that the family found out from social media first. And then they got a call from somebody asking them to confirm that their daughter committed suicide. And I was like, like, it was already callous to fucking begin with. What? You didn't have the fucking common decency to call the fucking family first? I will even go as far as, and and that is totally horrible, disrespectful, unprofessional for just this, all the things this family to 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 find this out Mother's Day weekend when they asked for a wellness check, and this and and that didn't happen. Now that we both always we both know what it's like to be on duty on call. Yeah. And if any time I was ever caught, and many a times I was caught, hey, could you please do a wellness check on such and such and such and such? And I'm like, hey, um, mm-hmm. yeah. mama want to know you are right. Call her. And I'll wait. I'll that's wait. Very, that's very real. Because I was a fake I RA. I no, you ain't telling no lies, though. I was a fake RA. I was never a real RA, right? Because I didn't want that level of responsibility. But I like to sit <laughs> at the desk and, and, you know what I'm saying, make niggas answer me when they trying to get in and out the building. I like the authority, but I ain't want the responsibility. Responsibility. I, I was clear about that though, right? Who are you? Who are you here to see? I was Give clear about that. So when my friends who were RAs would be on duty, I would just work the desk with them. So if they needed to do, go to a wellness check, I would man the RA desk. Now I'm on duty. But to your point, yes, these things really happen. Like parents really do call schools like, yo, I ain't heard yes. from my kid in a couple of days. Knock on that fucking door for me. Knock on that door. Where's my child? So the fact that they called for a wellness check and didn't get it, that's problematic. Absolutely. And again, I can't get to you in a half hour. Exactly. Because these people are in the city. Fucking Buffalo. I need to know you're okay. I need to know that the place that I am investing in your, not just in your future, but in your safety. Absolutely. And that was not done adequately. There were not appropriate conversations with her people. Um, the, and, and, and the fact that the, 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 the bullshit facts, the, 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 the non-water resistant facts that, 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 that this DA had to come to the, the conclusion he came to. And as I, as you know about me, you know, I'm a very avid oxygen, uh, Listen, watcher. You know, we, and I was just like, I'm stealing, I'm stealing non-water resistant facts. You need to know I, that stuff. I'm stealing it. <laughs> You know, kind of sense who she did. You don't have nobody. This is you what don't I'm have saying. A phone. And I'm okay. just like, you people are so desensitized. How could you not see the callousness in it? Would you want to hear somebody say that your family member is dead when there's not even a fucking body? Like this shit is just common decency. And common let's be decency. really honest. If she didn't look like her, if oh, she look- looked like their child, their niece, their grandchild, correct, their, their daughter. The response, the the outcry. Girl, uh, one of the things that really they are they, still looking, sis. I'm a, I'm gonna give you the perfect example. They're still looking for Linda Yalem. They're they're looking for Linda Yalem's killer. Still, still looking for her killer. 
to this very day. Now, for those of you who are not from the Buffalo region or didn't go to school up there, Linda Yalem was a UB student. She was sexually assaulted and murdered, um, like in the backwoods of UB. Mm -hmm. Her killer has not been caught. It is the year of our Lord, 2021. This man has not been caught. They are still looking for this motherfucker. It is still like spoken about regularly. They bring it up regularly. My campus does an annual event for Linda Yalem. It is still an active conversation. This it black girl is missing and they're just like, oh, well, yeah, she probably killed herself. So next. Well, what really pissed me off like, in <laughs> the deepest parts of my soul was a comment that the president of the school made, basically mm. saying, you know, um, our hearts and our prayers go out to the family, and um, she will always be a part of the Buff Stay family. Huh? How about... <laughs> Every organization on a church and that's and that's what the fuck I said. Comfortable shoes and let's go find the child. Thank you, sis. This is and this is the conversation. Whoever walking, walking. We looking for she. We know what direction she went. This is the exact conversation. Sorry, because if because you know because we fucking know if this had happened while we were in Buck. There's not one black student organization that wouldn't have been fucking foot to the ground looking for that person. It would have been not everybody's a, black student union. Everybody's everybody. Every Canadian from Canada, Toronto, Ontario, Brooklyn, exactly. and coming to find me. They coming to find me. My mother and will th- find me. And that's what I'm saying. Like I was talking, me and Show were talking about it when it first happened. And we were just like, yo. This shit is like the shit feel too quiet. Like, why, too the fu- quiet. like why the fuck aren't people mobilized? Like are Way people too on the quiet. ground. Like I'm I'm not in Buff, so I don't know, but like, yo, people need to be like this needs to be a grassroots search for this girl. People need to be fucking walking around looking for this girl. Cause there's just no fucking way when I was in Buff that I would not have been out looking for her. I know that because I know what I've done for people when I was in Buff. Hell, me and Show took care of a bitch we didn't even like. We was actually going to fuck this bitch up. But we seen her at a fucking club in Niagara Falls fucking Looking drunk, crazy. Completely drunk, like damn near. Like, wait, 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 wait. Was it, wait, was it Pharaoh's? You know it was Pharaoh's, girl. You know it was. And the, way, and the reason why I asked you if it was, it was. You know it was. Pharaoh's isn't that- just in Niagara Falls. <laughs> is far is in. no that shit is in Hills is closer <laughs> than Pharaohs. Pharaohs like, is you in to you have a plan there and back and back correct you don't just go to Pharaohs. that is not a place you just go to that is not a place you just pull up to Pharaohs, no. you absolutely need an ingress and egress plan for fucking sure absolutely somebody has to be the sober driver somebody has to correct. be correct correct you know, this because this shit is not a game and that narrow ass bridge that narrow ass bridge coming from the falls baby that's death that's death man listen <laughs> so me and show seem to me and show see somebody that we was all sloppy toppy in the bathroom you're gonna this, be like no this I, it girl was, was right fucked on my conscience 
You hear me? This girl was fucked up. This girl could barely fucking hold herself up. And this somebody me and Show wanted to lay hands on. Like, when I tell you we ain't like this girl, words had been exchanged. The motherfucker offered to catch these hands had already been given more than once. Sis already knew what it was. Okay. This girl pissy fucking drunk and her people were like, all right, well, whatever. She shouldn't have got that drunk. When I tell you, me and Show took care of that girl and made sure that girl got home, and we didn't even fucking like this girl. Absolutely, this, and this is why, day. and this is why this shit does not fucking sit well with me, because no. there is just no fucking version of my Buffalo experience where no, like we're just gonna let you fucking die. Yo, I've been to Carabana. You know we've been there and seen folks. Done, done. And I'm like, where you staying? Where's your right. people? Like, I don't care if I got to throw you in the back of this Damon van. Right. Take you back on your campus, even though you're probably not even staying on campus. I don't right. care. Don't I matter. would rather you be someplace familiar than you be out right. here in a whole other country right. by yourself. And as women... You know, we know how vulnerable Absolutely. we be under certain circumstances. You see this young lady get on not one, but two buses to go to Niagara Falls, get off on her own. Nobody stopped her. No, no bus driver. And, and don't get me wrong. Shout outs to all Metro drivers all over uh, uh, the world. Um, I have ran into some pretty awesome dope bus drivers in Buffalo. And at that time of night, you're going into 1230, almost one o'clock. Hey, sweetheart. Correct. Because it's the last bus. It's the last bus at that time of night. It's the last bus at that time of night. She literally got on the last bus going in that direction, meaning no bus. The bus that was coming coming back. There is no bus coming back. Exactly. So the question would be, are you okay? Um, and you're just going into you're just going into the park. Just mm, no, this, this no just, park ranger, no local officer. Like this, just no one. Make 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 the math math. I want to ask you this though, as a as a social worker in the education setting, what kind of what kind of support should Buff State have in place for? The friends, the students, the people that the people that are her, her, her parallel that are also sitting in their dorm room having this same conversation. Like, I don't understand this. This doesn't make sense to me. I can't fucking function because I wouldn't be like I. I don't even know how you're functioning with classwork, and trying to reconcile this shit. At eighteen, nineteen, your friends, they're, they're calling your friend dead by suicide with nobody, you know, and all the sorts. What a what. What kind of support system should Buff State be like looking to have in place for these kids? And I say this from a place of unfortunately having to bury a few of my kids. That breaks my fucking heart. And um, children hearing that news at school and not knowing what to do with the emotions in their body. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first thing I feel that any community should do is to first create a safe space. P- 
people think that a safe space is a place where you cannot physically hurt yourself. A safe space is where a person can feel whatever emotions they are feeling and right. they know they're okay. Yes. Um, if you're a social worker and you do not have tissues on hand, you are uh, you are a detriment to the field. <laughs> right. I'm like, that's the tool of the trade. <laughs> all different types of tissue. You name it, hypoallergenic, recyclable, whatever. We have the tissues. Right. Um, allow them to speak with one another, allow them to commiserate, allow them to um, have dialogue with one another. Um, I feel like the school should be, and I know now the parents and some other organizations are doing searches for her. Um, and grief has stages to it. Absolutely. Um, there will need to be a preparation for them emotionally to prepare for whatever the outcome may be because she's been gone for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. um, how do you keep her memory alive? How do you honor her? Um, how do you find ways through your grief with or right now you're in limbo emotionally because you don't know what's happening. Um, keep talking. Don't bottle it up. Don't keep it inside. Don't stay in your dorm room. Don't, don't isolate yourself because this is happening within our community. And if there's nothing that we haven't done as children of color, Regardless of if you're a man or a woman, uh -huh. we connect with one another when we're not home. We find yes. home. Yes. yes. So the school needs to create a safe space so these young people can continue to find home with each other and give one another comfort. Yes. Who got the, who who got the rice pot? Who gonna make this pizza? Yes. Who gonna go, who gonna go get some bust up shot of yep. some roti? Who that was my who favorite thing about college. Together? We gonna go to the butcher and get some oxtail. Like, how are we gonna create yeah. this place and space with one another to hold each other up? Because regardless of how this may pan out, we're we're, we're being traumatized. This is Absolutely. a traumatic experience. Absolutely. And one of the things that, we, that we've learned to do as people of color, um, and we're really great at it, um, push down our trauma. Because all we know to do is to keep moving forward. Keep keep moving. Moving forward. Keep I'll moving. deal with this later. Keep moving forward. I'll deal with this later. Keep moving forward. I'm fine. I'm fine. Keep. And then we stop for a second. trauma we have generational trauma and this is a traumatic experience and it has to be respected and these young people need to be held and they need to know that they need to band with one another and really re-solidify the culture that we had back in our day yes. leave no man behind that's a fact that's I don't care if I like you or not. I know you or not. You look like me, sweetie. Damn me. right. Damn right. 
damn right. Damn right. There's listen, there's been more than enough times where my route, you know, my my exit plan had to be changed because I'm not fucking leaving you like this. I'm just not doing it. I wouldn't even be able to go to sleep at night. No, no fucking way. Exactly. We'll be at breakfast the next day. I can't enjoy my bacon because Hello! And you know I don't like my bacon disrupted. Okay. (laughs) So I'm sitting here wondering, did Shorty get home? Like I'm not doing that. And and we were in a place in spaces, we became upperclassmen of knowing so many people that it was nothing if your original driver couldn't take you. It was nothing to be like, yo, pop, I need to get back to David. Correct, correct. No problem, sis, I got you. I got you. Yo, Prince. I have I've definitely dropped people off at a million and one campuses. My saying always used to be, I'm not explaining nothing to your mother. I'm not. I'm not explaining nothing to your mother. Not I'm taking dad. you to fuck home. I'm... Come hella high water. I'm getting you to fuck home because I'm not explaining to your mother what happened or why you missing, why you hurt, why you harmed. No, because y'all, y'all wouldn't be able to explain nothing to Sharon. And hopefully you'll pay it forward when it's your time. When right. we're gone and we're living our lives, right? you'll look back at that time and be like, yo, I remember, yo, I was linked and such and such helped me out. You know what? I'm and, gonna and, and, and trust and believe, I've definitely had my fair share of help also. <laughs> <laughs> be clear i have definitely been helped more than once i'm grateful and i've definitely done my fair share of helping this i mean and this is why this sits so unsettled with me um but before we wrap up i would like for you to offer some tips and tricks to the parents that have kids that are going to be you know transitioning i i guess kids are still transitioning back into school even though the school year is over i know one of my good girlfriends just told me like her son just went back um, for the first time, like two weeks ago, I didn't know kids were still like transitioning into like these yes. hybrid. I had no idea. Like I was like, "What?" I was like, "Girl, it's fucking May. Wrap that shit up." Yes. But there is literally like almost two full months of school because school tends to end late June. So, well, for the Northeast, school ends you know like middle late June. So, any tips and tricks for the parents to help them support their kids as they transition back into a school setting? Absolutely. The first thing I want to tell my parents is you are amazing. You you are amazing. And I'm going to tell you why. You didn't know it, but you had a staff of about 40 to 50 people that all had different times, spaces, and hands in your child's enhancement, be it the weekend, be it during the summer, be it during the day, be it after school, be it for certain subjects, you mm-hmm. had a team. And COVID took your team away. Mm-hmm. You had to figure out how am I going to supplement for these people? So you became screen monitor. You became, you know, uh, uh, internet network master. You <laughs> became, you became uh, Alexa help. <laughs> You became all of those things and you did it for a year and a half. So that is not small potatoes. That's not, that's big things. So big things. All parents for what they have done. In regards to transitioning back into the buildings, know that most DOE buildings are really doing amazing and great things in keeping everything clean and sanitary. 
I can only speak for my school, our daily processes and making sure social distancing and happening with our children is, is, is very, very, uh, I would say it's almost to army precision. <laughs> I love that. You no, know, it's like, it. <laughs> no, you're there, you're there, wait and go and come stop and all that. <laughs> um, PPE is in full effect. You know, we have hand sanitizer, masks for days. Um, one of the things that um, I will say, um, physical movement. Our children have been learning on beds and sofas. Yeah. My nephew's first day back um, in the building, and my nephew's 14, but he's about 6'4". Oh, he's a giant. In shoe? Yes. Well, y'all tall. <laughs> and he, no, but he's... He's, he's tall, tall. <laughs> and he came home and he said, Auntie, I hurt. I said, what happened? You went on the, I was like, you went on the, on the court and played. He was like, no, I was sitting down in a, in a chair. <laughs> I said, yeah, they, they have a lot of those in school. He was like, I haven't sat in a chair with my feet flat on the floor at this size <laughs> ever. You know what? That's a great point. That's, I never even thought about the fact that you know how much these kids have probably grown in a year and a half? Kids shoot up in a year and Maybe a half. His clothes fit like this this summer. No like I'm going to have to twirl on a couple of poles to get some coins <laughs> for him because his, his sneaky game is on some like I have to order it. He's a 15 and a half. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, so that that whole that whole luxury luxury yeah, like she, he's trying to figure it out, but their bodies are not accustomed to being I, in the building. I totally didn't so, even account for that. So we stretch, we we stretch, we do a little bit of yoga. Um, rub him down with some tiger bomb the first couple of days, and then he kind of got accustomed to it. But yeah. physical fatigue. Um, Socialism being, I think one of the biggest challenges we're going to have in September is working on re-socialization with our children. Mm -hmm. um, but I must say, when they're with one another and they don't necessarily have to look at the screens or look at a teacher, they naturally want to talk and socialize with one another. Um, have conversations with your school leaders about what next year looks like. Um, some of our kids are thriving at home. Like they are killing it at home, but a great amount of our kids are not. Like my kid said, he's like, auntie, the same for me. Like I right. need that in-person help yeah. and support. And that's why we transferred him to uh, the school that my sister works at because we know they ain't gonna play no games with him. Right. Um, this summer, do something fun. Have conversations with your young people about how they feel about going into the building. Create a plan. Don't go into it blindly. The, the, the thought process of, oh, he in school, he fine, he's there. No. Yeah. Really have intentional conversations with your school leaders, your teachers, and whoever is interacting with your young person to make sure that you start having those conversations with your young person during the summer so they can be comfortable in reacclimating themselves. We want to make sure that we are creating comfortable environments for our young people. And we are very, not all of us know, 
well, some of us are very well aware of what some of the social emotional um, baggage may be. And I'm proud to say that my school is putting their money where their mouth is to put together, you know, some really great programs and to invest in some really great curriculum on social emotional learning and support so that we're not just talking about reading, writing and, and arithmetic. We're talking about feelings. We're talking about social justice. We're talking about being decent human beings. We're talking about looking out for one another. Right. Uh, we're doing those things and we're not just asking questions to get answers. We're really digging deep. We really want to cultivate really good citizens of this world because look, if our young people don't get a job, how are we gonna get our social security? Cause shit is looking skimp, baby. It's looking skimp, and we aging. <laughs> so I need, okay. these, I need these motherfuckers at work. <laughs> Amanda, thank you so much for thank spending you for having time. me. This was so much fun. It was amazing. You are so insightful. You gave really, really good tips. Um, anyone who is listening and or watching, I hope that Amanda's tips help you. Get ready to get your young person acclimated to go back to school. Um, I will have Amanda's information in the um, description box. You know, you should follow her for all things luxury. I'm telling you, sis is, <laughs> this is a thing, okay? I'm telling you. Now, if you want her for professional expertise, I don't know how that works. She, sis is expensive. I'm telling you, I don't know if it's in your budget, baby. If it is, you know what I'm saying? Holla at her for some consultant work. If it ain't, just hit rewind on this podcast and get your little pen and paper out. Take all the notes that you need. I appreciate y'all for rocking with me. Amanda, I thank you again for coming on. Thank you um, so much, my love. Absolutely. If you guys have not caught your Black Girl SOS shirt, like what are you waiting on? www.brandsnobby.com. Get to it. You know, I got the Juneteenth drop coming really soon. So look out for that. And until next time, my good people, y'all have a good one.